The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Another episode of The Bright Side coming up for you today. Our guest this week is Crystal Hefner. Crystal and I have known each other kind of from a distance for, I don't know, maybe over 10 years now. So it was really fun to connect a little bit further and catch up on some things that I've seen happen over the course of her life since I've known her and vice versa. I think you're going to really enjoy the episode. Crystal is such an interesting person and I feel like a lot of the world doesn't really know her for what she's really like. So I'm really hoping that you all enjoy that. But before we begin the episode, I wanted to share some of my bright spots from this week. And probably the biggest one was that I spent my first solo day with my boyfriend's son. My boyfriend was shooting his new collection for his brand. Rather than bring my son to the shoot and he'll probably be bored a lot of the time. Would you mind watching him for the day? And I was so excited. And I immediately started making an itinerary for the entire day, of course. So it was really fun. We ended up meeting one of my friends who's got two kids for brunch. We actually got up and went hiking. We took Dash on a hike first thing in the morning and we hiked this little stream And that was really fun. And then when I met my friends for brunch and the kids all got to take a tour of the kitchen and touch these giant sushi fish um, (laughs) in the kitchen, which was very cool for them. And then we went to another friend's house and she's got a daughter and they played in the pool together. We came back home and made a cake, a funfetti cake, because he had never made one. And I told him every child needs to make a funfetti cake at one point in their life. So we did that and that was really fun. And we did some coloring. By the time that was done, it was time for dinner. And his dad got home shortly after that. So we had a really fun, busy, busy day. And I was actually completely exhausted the next day. But definitely gave me an appreciation for what it's like to try to keep kids occupied and busy for a day. And he's probably the easiest kid in the world to be spending time with. So I feel very lucky in that sense. And we just had a really good time. So that was a really big bright spot for me. I feel like otherwise this week's been a little bit tough for me. I'm not really sure why, but I think I've been staying home a lot. And I don't know, it's just been getting to me a little bit. So Chris and I actually booked a night out in Malibu tonight to just go spend some time at the beach. The weather's supposed to be beautiful today and tomorrow. And I'm really, really looking forward to that because I think we've been cooped up at home a little too much lately. I'm sure everyone can relate. All right. Now to this week's episode. My guest today is Crystal Hefner, model, former playmate and TV personality. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. No, I've been so excited to have you because I feel like you and I have kind of crossed paths a few times over the years. And most recently was the last night out in LA, at least for me, before we went into lockdown, which was kind of really by chance. But I feel like what I've sort of observed about you over the years is that in the times that, that we've crossed paths, you're you're so smart and so interesting. You've got such an interesting life story and I think so inspiring. And also, I just love through Instagram reading everything that you have to write. I feel like you share so many really helpful posts with 
people and you know you're not just on there like posting pictures of yourself i feel like you actually provide really cool interesting content that is is helpful and useful and i think i relate to you in the sense that i feel like i've always sort of been underestimated because i met someone fell in love with them and was sort of that person's spouse versus just being me on my own and i think everyone has sort of over underestimated me in the past because i never really was just me it was always me and this other person and i feel like in a way that i mean i don't want to speak for you but i feel like that's a little bit of what may have happened with you yeah i completely was in the same situation it's like you kind of lose yourself like in somebody else's setup yeah that's how i was for 10 years Ten years is a long time yeah it was it was difficult but when i, I think when i first came in i was kind of younger as 21. So I think I was more impressionable and it's like, yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't really know who I was. I was still kind of figuring out myself. Well, I think when it starts at that age, cause I, I always say this about relationships too. I feel like relationships that start when you're that young can't possibly last a long time because when you first got into it, you really didn't know who you were when you're 21. You just really don't know. I completely agree. Yeah. And that, that's why I, you see these people that get older, they're in their thirties and then they're getting a divorce, mm -hmm. like, but yeah, I definitely lost myself in somebody else. And yeah, it's like you become like the extension of them. It's like, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like in my case, it was Brody and I was always Brody's girlfriend, then Brody's wife, but, and Brody and I are such very different people. And I feel like I was really represented by him, which isn't to say that that's a, a horrible thing, but it really doesn't accurately represent me. And it's just kind of a bizarre thing that I feel like not everyone can necessarily relate to, although probably some people can to, to a degree, like just sort of being connected and associated with one person. And like you said, losing yourself and being kind of, and even like altering yourself to fit that life or that lifestyle. Yeah. That's like fitting the mold that the person wants you to be is in retrospect. Like it's, it's like, wow, I can't believe I completely lost myself. Like I completely was this other person, you know, I, I knew Hef like loved the bleach blonde look and he loved the, you know, implant look and he loved like, so I became that person. Well, it's like you also, just, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's like you also, it wasn't just a person, but I feel like an institution that you were sort of having to navigate because Playboy in itself has that reputation and that image, right? And like, you're kind of, you're having to fit into not just dating somebody or marrying somebody, but also like what their entire brand represents. Yeah, definitely. Definitely had to fit into the brand for sure. Yeah, you just become like the missus of whatever, you know, it's like, or like people would come up to me and just be like, oh, like is Hef free? We'll have sign this, we'll have, and I was like, oh my, like I'm a person too. You end up going like, this sucks. But I think like with, with me now, like I'm finding my own identity and I'm just like, Hey, like, this is me. This is what I stand for. And I feel that you're doing the same. And I really admire that about you. Like Thank I admire you. your podcast. I admire like literally everything you're doing right now. And it's, it's cool for people to now see, Hey, this is me. And, and people are like, Whoa, wow. Like, you know, I didn't know this before and I, and I like this and that's kind of the response I'm getting. And I'm sure for you too. Right. You're a lot more relatable when you just get to be yourself and be transparent. And I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but I still wouldn't change anything. I don't regret anything because I feel like where I am now, I'm very happy and I never would have reached this specific place in my life if I hadn't had all of those experiences. But it is a lot, you know, I try not to look back and think, God, what was I thinking? Like, why did I do that? Or, you know, <laughs> like, how could I have been so naive or how could I have been 
you know, so manipulated or whatever the word, you know, I mean, a lot of it's just kind of innocent, you know, I just went along with whatever was happening. But I try not to beat myself up too much about it, because I think regretting things is also kind of not constructive. And yeah, I agree. And I think it's I, I think it's also a good lesson because it's like, okay, I know now like I'm dating someone I have, you know, it's like he has his stuff, I have my stuff and it, that's healthier. And in the back of my mind, I know how it used to be for me and I'm like, okay, like now I know the steps to never get sucked back into that or sucked into somebody else's life. So, I think that definitely helps us moving forward and like becoming more strong. Yeah. I think those are all really good points. I feel the exact same way. I can, cause you, you then have that as a reference for what you don't want to repeat, but for anyone who's listening, cause I mean, I grew up in, I, I think I was the exact age that the girls next door was so huge. And so, and playboy in general was just such a fixture in the media. And so I really observed that whole kind of process. And like, I remember when you and have started dating and I actually visited the playboy mansion with a girlfriend, I think she was casting to do to be a playmate. And she invited me as like her guest to go for the weekend to play. What what, did, what game would everyone play? Gosh, I don't was know. it Uno or something? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, halfway through the gamut. <laughs> and then we would all play like Uno or like dominoes. Yes. And that was the first time that you and I met, but it was very brief. But I do remember that you were there. And that was probably when I was 21 or 22. Like, I think we're about the same age. Uh, Yeah, I'll be 35 in April. Okay. So, and I'm, I'll turn 33 this year. So we're a little bit apart. So yeah, that's probably right. And I, but I remember you being there and I just remember how surreal that entire experience was. Like, I can't imagine what it was like to live there every day and that have that be your reality. But I'd love for you to just talk about that. Gosh. I mean, looking back, the property was stunning. I mean, as you know, like it was on five acres. It was like this English Tudor property is so beautiful. And there's a lot of animals around like that. That aspect of it was really nice. You know, it's like grass is always greener. Things are not always what they seem. You know, I really had very little freedom. Like we, you know, had the movie nights every like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then everything was so structured and so scheduled. So it was hard to have freedom. So it's like, <laughs> I would watch like Tangled and they're like, I could kind of relate to that. Cause I'm like, I feel kind of like, I don't wow. know, a little bit trapped. And I felt like a little bit like half and I were like really codependent on each other. You know, I depended so much on him and then he did the same with me. So it was kind of, it wasn't always what it, what it seemed like it, it was hard. I know the girls next door show showed like parties and like putting on all the outfits and like doggy birthday parties. You know, it's like, <laughs> They think it's the dream, but it is, it wasn't like, it wasn't the easiest because there are rules and there are like unspoken things to abide by. And some nights, like I didn't feel like being around 30 people and watching a movie. So I'm just like, oh, like dragging myself. So, so even if you didn't feel like it, you would need to attend a movie night. Pretty much. So it's just like keeping up appearances or like being the missus. Yeah. And I'm sure I feel like, especially as men get older, I dated a a man who was 20 three years older than me at one point. And I remember that he was very routine oriented as well. There was very much a schedule. I mean, it certainly wasn't to the extent that, that I think you experienced, but there was much more like we, we would wake up every single day at seven 15, no matter what, it didn't matter what we did the night before the alarm was set at seven 15. And then we would go to this one spot for breakfast every day, you know, it was very regimented. And, you know, like when we would travel together, it was either to 
you know, a golf resort or to visit his family. And that was it. And it was one or the other every time. Yeah. I mean, and that's another example of like getting lost in somebody else's like, mm-hmm. schedule or setup. Yeah, it's like. But when you're really in love, at least in my experience, I was still in love. I didn't really care. But I can imagine that after years of that, it would start to take a toll, especially when you're 20 in your early 20s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely takes a toll. And then you start feeling restless and. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like there were a lot of politics. I also remember that from the time that I visited there that who was invited to hang out was kind of political and who was friends with who and it was really political and it was it was tough and it was really hard for me because it's like I would meet so many people but like in my head it's just like kind of a blur because it's like I had this spot or whatever position that other people wanted so it's like I always felt like the rug could be pulled from me at any second so I was always like (laughs) right that's so stressful had my guard up and I was always like yeah it's hard to just relax and have a good time because, because of that. So. (laughs) Right. Like girls are always kind of vying for your position. Yeah. And that's tough. And I'm like, you know, I'm so, I felt bad. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like I'm here. And (laughs) I don't know, like I had all kinds of stuff. Like some girls would be like, you should go on a trip. And when you're gone, like, I'll be here. (laughs) Like, uh. Oh my gosh. Like they would blatantly say things like that. Oh yeah. It got like really bad. One girl like <laughs> followed us up to like upstairs to have bedroom and like sat on his bed and was like, we're meant to be together. And like, I saw the way you looked at me in the game house and I'm sitting <laughs> <up> here. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And they probably, I feel like that culture was sort of encouraged. At least that's what you saw on girls next door. Like, there are multiple girlfriends. And so it just doesn't seem like a typical situation. So people probably assumed all kinds of things. Yeah. So in the beginning, definitely it was that way where like, oh, room for one more? You know, it's like, <laughs> like, um, no. <laughs> I'm like a kind of a jealous person, like maybe a little bit like possessive at times. So it's like, this is hard for me, but eventually like it ended up being just us. Yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't have been able to handle it at all. <laughs> oh no. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. That seems like it would be a lot for anyone to handle. Even, I mean, there's just so many aspects to it that would be really challenging, but what's kind of a bummer for you is that nobody sees it that way. Like everybody feels like you're in this incredible position. Like you're so lucky and and this is all a dream. Like you said, it's a fairy tale. And meanwhile, there really are so many sacrifices you're making. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's hard. It's like they, they could come and like have a really fun you know, Sunday fun day and like maybe stay for a movie from the theaters and like, then they go home and like have their freedom. Like, I'm like, I'm just like, Doing the same thing every day. There's no break. <laughs> yeah. And you're living in the Playboy Mansion. Everything's, everyone thinks it's so incredible. That was a really beautiful property though, I have to say. It's so Stunning. pretty. It doesn't even feel like you're in LA. No, it doesn't. Can you talk about how you guys, I mean, there's so much I want to talk with you about, so we don't have to talk about this specific topic forever, but just so anyone listening understands when exactly did you and half meet? How did you meet? And and then, you know, what just kind of like, if you could just summarize what happened over the years. Um, we met in 2008. I was at San Diego State studying, studying psychology. I did okay. like random modeling on the side. Like I would dress up as like GI Jane at Comic-Con and so <laughs> random things. So I met a girl and she's like, oh, submit your photo to go to a party. I did. And I'm like, you know, I was still working on like my insecurity issues. So I was like, oh, they'll never pick me, you know? And so I, I submitted, they did pick me. I went up and 
huge crowd of people. I'm like, Oh, that must be Huff. I had never seen a celebrity before. And like, we go over, there's like, you know, cabana that's roped off and my friend, she's kind of aggressive. So she's just like waving and then <laughs> Kat looks over and then like, I can't eye contact with him. And then he's like, you like, come here. I'm like, Whoa. so I started talking to him. He's like, Oh, where are you from? I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I live in San Diego. I go to San Diego state, study, study psychology. He's like, Oh, I studied psychology at university of Illinois. Mm. So he's like, oh, we have movie nights over the weekend. If you want to stay. So I stayed in the guest house over the weekend and it just all like at the time, like Holly Bridget and Kendra were moving out. And after that weekend, he asked me to move in. It all kind of happened. Wow. Very fast. Yeah. But I think he's kind of, was used to that, you know, it's like, yeah, kind of rotation. Yeah. One time he had like seven. So when I lived there, there were twins that lived there and a couple other girls that would like come in and out and then after a while, it was like just me and have kind of became more kind of dependent on me. I think maybe I was, you know, he's like, has a lot of like fire to him. And maybe I was kind of like the rock or safe space or like earthy. Yeah. Grounding. Yeah. Yeah. So he just kind of clung to me and treated me like really well. And we got engaged, which I didn't expect at all. Cause I Aww. knew like Holly wanted to marry him and he didn't want to get married to Holly. And I was like, you know, I, when I was young, I never was like, oh, my wedding and babies. I never, for some reason, I just was, whatever will be, will be. So yeah, yeah when he um, proposed, it was like pretty surprising. And, and I'm like, you know, we love each other, respect each other. And so we got married and we were married for five years. So I was there for five years and then we got married and together another five years. Oh, wow. So yeah, I guess you did say 10 years. It's a long time. Yeah. And it goes by quick. Yeah. That's a big part of your life. And I know that since then, your life has really changed drastically. And we've talked a little bit about the work you've been doing on yourself since, but I would love whatever you're willing to share about your experience since leaving the Playboy Mansion. So like in 2015, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And I think it's like, it was just like a combination of like stress and feeling like sucked into something else, you know, we were talking about, and it's like, who am I? And I got sick you know, autoimmune, I ended up with all kinds of stuff like Lyme disease, Hashimoto's, like everything just took a toll. Wow. And so my doctor told me like, yo, you're never going to get better if you like keep implants in because your immune system's like constantly fighting implants. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. It's like constantly fighting the implants. So when implants get taken out, like I think a lot of pictures have gone around on the internet, but like it's like wrapped in like a scar tissue when they, the implants are taken out and they have to like cut that open to get the implant, but it's literally your body's trying to protect itself from the implant. So it like creates this like, I guess that makes sense. It's like, it's got a foreign object in it and it doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So I don't know. Implants are, I don't know. Some people are fine. Some people develop autoimmune, you know, some people like have the silicone like leak in their lymph nodes and that can cause lymphoma. So if people can avoid getting implants, I think that's probably the best but I was so sick that I'm like, just take it out, take everything out. So I had the surgery, wow. remove my implants. I stopped bleaching my hair and started on this journey. It's like, who am I? You know, I need to be, be well. And, and this is why you were still living at the mansion, right? You and Hef were still married. Yeah. So we were still married and Hef knew what was going on and just wanted me to be better. And that, that's when I kind of stopped. Like I stopped bleaching my hair. It would grow up. Like I have highlights now, but my hair is naturally like brown. And mm. so I just let it grow. And if, and I got my implants taken out. And if anything, like Hef kind of respected me more. Well, it's interesting what you, what you probably perceived as what he wanted based on who everyone else who was around. And like, I feel like that's what anyone would assume going into that situation. 
But at the end of the day, I mean, he was such a brilliant person and I'm sure, and I think he really like adored strong women. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I think that helped me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I have to be the certain way for him. And then, yeah, I'm like, Oh, I'm just being myself. And it's like, he's almost respecting me better. Yeah. So I've just been going through this like journey of who am I, you know, what kind of person am I? Like I've reevaluated. I'm like, okay, I was put into this situation with half and like this life. And I became who I was expected to be. I befriended these girls who like, okay, these are the girls I should be friends with, but they're, it was all toxic. Like even my friendships Mm. were toxic. And it's like, I started curating like this whole new, like life for myself, new friends. And they're all so nice and so kind. And I'm like, it almost felt fake. I'm like, wow, like it feels kind of fake. But then I'm like, oh, there's so, there are people in this world, like are mostly nice, good people. Right. And they don't have an agenda. They don't have an agenda. They're not like put backhanded, like put down. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of toxic girls. So like I have all new friends. I'm like starting this holistic journey and I'm just trying to be as natural as possible. And then I started diving into like mental health and I'm like, you know, here I am like trying to start this new relationship after a few years. And I'm like, whoa, like I have some things from the mansion that I'm kind of carrying into this relationship where I feel like I can't trust someone. I feel like it, you know, it could be taken away from me at any moment. So I'm like diving into my own kind of issue. Right, it's probably some kind of PTSD. Yeah. And then on right. top of that, I'm like, okay, so I ended up at the mansion and marrying somebody who is 60 years older than me. So mm-hmm. I'm like something about me, like, you know, so then I do like a dive into my childhood. I'm like, okay, you know, I lost my dad at a young age. There's like abandonment trauma there. So it's like unpacking my own stuff. And I'm like, okay, like if I am just honest and transparent with all of this, going from this toxic to holistic and like diving into mental health, like mental health is not just like depression, you know, it's like all kinds of, yeah. So it's like, if I can be honest about that, maybe people can relate and maybe, you know, I can help somebody. Oh, I think so for sure. And it's interesting that you had a psychology background to begin with, because obviously you were already kind of in that, like that was something that interested you to begin with. And now you get to kind of revert back to what you were studying before and apply it to yourself, having had all these life experiences. Because I always think it's funny too. I studied English in college, but it was sort of by default because I just didn't know whatever, what I was going to study. And I wish so badly that I could go back to college now because I think I would have appreciated it and like listened to every word. Now that I have all this experience to really like pick the courses I wanted to take and like apply them to real life and when we're in college, we really just don't know yet what we're even going to need in the future. So yeah. I think and then sometimes you're like, let's get it, o- just get it over with or like, <laughs> yeah, totally. I didn't even like, I, there were so many classes that I would just sleep through every day and send my attendance clicker with a friend, you know, <laughs> like, like I remember this class called germs. I'm like, why do I need that? <laughs> Here's my clicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And I looked into like I left like right in my last semester before, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to the Playboy Mansion. So I left my very last semester before getting uh, my bachelor's in psychology. So it's like <laughs> last week I was, you know, on Zoom with San Diego State where I went and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to finish up my degree? And then I'm like looking into like, you know, different programs, maybe master's. So I'm like, okay, now's maybe the time to like dive back into that. And yeah. So I like it. I like human behavior. <laughs> yeah, no, I find it very interesting too, but that's so cool. Cause you've, you've already had like this huge life experience when you were so young and you're still so young and get to kind of start all over again with all that experience behind you and figure out where you want to go from here. 
And I think that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And and same with you. And I love, like, I love that you studied writing. Like, you know, you've written a lot of things where just being able to express yourself that way is so nice. So I think definitely like, you know, I want to take some writing too. That's inspiring. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think all of that is so, it's so useful when you have something to do with it, you know, when you actually have something to offer. And I think that helping other people to get through some of the more challenging things like you. Okay. Can, do you want to talk about when you, I'm, I'm not sure what the procedure you had was, but just recently what that made you very sick. So what I did was I had the implants out in 2016. And because I had like a lot of bad, there was like formaldehyde, talc, all kinds of stuff in the implants. So they had to make sure to like get it all out. So they took out like most of my breast tissue. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought like, okay, like I'm happy. It looks good. And it's like, 2016. And they said, Oh, if you want a fat transfer where they take fat from all the rest of your body and put it in, in your chest, then you could always come back. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't need it. I don't need to, you know, I'm kind of happy the way I am. So as I started dating again, I started feeling like, cause I was used to having these like big old, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know if it's just like some kind of like party trick or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I couldn't really like make cleavage and I couldn't really, but <laughs> so I ended up doing this procedure that was a fat transfer, which I should have never done because it's like, you know, everyone's fine just the way they are. I'm yeah. Still- But I totally understand. I mean, I feel like everybody, I don't know, my mentality with anything in terms of plastic surgery or fillers or Botox or whatever is like, you do what you want to do and what's going to make you feel comfortable and fulfilled. And I agree. Everybody's fine the way they are. I actually personally love small breasts. I think they're so, they look so beautiful and especially in fashion. It's like, they're so flattering. Everything fits so beautifully, but everybody, you know, it's like you said, the grass is always greener. So it is. So I, I ended up doing this procedure and, you know, I wasn't in, a, you know, I have the autoimmune, I have low iron. So I really wasn't in the state and I'm like newly dating. So I'm like not eating that much, you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, did you, I don't know if you're anything like this, but I, when it came to dating, first of all, I didn't date for a while. I really felt like I needed a lot of time to myself to kind of figure out who I was before I was, you know, bringing someone else new in. But I also hate dating. So I like wouldn't really go on dates. I kind of waited until I met somebody that I, or my friend introduced me to somebody that I knew I was really going to be into. And then that was it. Like now he's my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like, I want nothing more than just, you know, have a person that I'm going to be with. And like you share so much with, and it's like dating's hard. I think especially in LA because you just never know, like, <laughs> You know, there's so many, like, a lot of like opportunistic people, like, oh, how can you help me? Or how can you, yeah, like womanizer people? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's very hard. I have a lot of incredible, eligible female friends who have been single for years. And there's no reason why I think anywhere else they would be just snatched up like that. But in LA, it's so hard to find someone that's a good fit. Yeah. It's, I think it's hard. And there's a lot of people that just like aren't ready for relationships. There's a lot of people, and I think celebrity is hard. And I think LA is kind of a, this strange mixed bag. I think some people come here to like try and be famous or try and like fill this void. So they need a lot of work on themselves. Right. <laughs> so it's like you're dating these guys that like aren't ready. Yeah. You're not trying to take on a project. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of projects here. <laughs> no, I know. I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> but obviously you ended up finding somebody. 
Yeah, I did. But you know, relationships are not easy. <laughs> what were some of your, when you were like out looking for somebody, just in case anybody is kind of newly single and starting to date again, what were some of the things that you were really looking for in a new, in a partner? I think looking for someone who kind of knows who they are, uh, looking for someone who kind of has their stuff together, mm-hmm. you know, especially now, like being in my thirties, it's like, it's hard to date somebody that's a struggling anything because resentment builds it's hard. So it's like you have yourself together. I have myself together and then we come together. And I think that's the most healthy. I completely agree. I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned too, because I think codependence has always been a little bit of a factor in every relationship I've had, you know, and this time around, I really forced myself to stay single until I felt like I was really good on my own and then weighed back into dating. I'm Darren Karp. And I'm Liz Cully, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Scissoring Isn't a Thing. That's right, Liz. Each week, we bring on different guests from the LGBTQ plus community and allies too, of course, to discuss everything from coming out stories to pop culture to even celeb crushes. No topic is off limits. From Bravo Labs to influencers to doctors, Scissoring Isn't a Thing is the heartfelt LGBTQ plus education friendly podcast everyone can feel safe to fall in love with. New episodes drop every Tuesday, wherever you stream podcasts. See you then. What do you feel is like the thing you learned the most about yourself in the period of time while you were single? I think learning that I was enough on my own. I think Mm -hmm. I always, I would seek validation in someone else to like feel beautiful or worthy or, you know, that I'm a good person or it's like just Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm enough in myself. The last time we saw each other, we were at a party in the hills and it was with a bunch of guys from England. (laughs) I know it was so random, but it was really fun. But what is your connection to London? Because I know that you have some connection and I can never remember what it is. So my family is British. So I moved to California when I was like seven. But before that, I lived in England. So my family is from England. So my mom's one of eight. So I have um, people I'm really close to, like really like salt of the earth, like really sweet family members that I go visit pretty often. Okay. So while I'm there, I just kind of like go meet people. And I love, I think England's my favorite country. I love London's definitely my favorite city. And then I love the countryside so much. My brother actually lives there now. He's living, he's teaching at Southampton university. And so we went and visited him there last year and he was living in a, a town called Winchester and it was so picturesque. But I just absolutely love all of the little villages around London. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's yeah, I, I think I feel the most alive like in London and the <laughs> like the countryside. Yeah, like the Cotswolds, like all. Oh, yeah. I haven't been to the Cotswolds. I'm dying to go. Yeah, we should go. <laughs> yeah, that would be a really fun girls trip, actually. I would love that. The, and that guy, one of the guys I stayed in touch with for a little while. That was a good way to go out into quarantine. (laughs) I had no idea that that would be the last hurrah. Did you? No. The only thing I remember because I came from uh, Rachel Zoe was hosting a dinner that night at Chateau Marmont. And that's what I came from, which I don't know if you knew that, but that's why my friend and I were in our in like gowns. (laughs) But and I remember at the dinner, she said, you guys, you know, I think this is probably the last time for a long time that we're going to be in a big group like this, you know, like might be another year or so. And I was like, well, that's really dramatic. There's no way it's going to be that long. And then it literally was exactly like that. I was in denial, I guess. Yeah, because it's so strange. 
<laughs> it, it is so strange. So have you, I, we've done some traveling because I saw you were in Sedona just a couple of days. We just missed each other by a couple of days in Sedona. You were there? Yeah. I went out to, this is a place I bet you would really like. I've, have you ever heard of Denton Hot Springs? No. It's in a, a town called um, Dolores, Colorado. And it's these natural hot springs that are set amongst these old mining cabins. And Reliant Chateau came in and they renovated all the cabins. So they're all just beautiful and so cozy. And you stay in these cabins and there's like the original saloon and dance hall is there on site. And then the natural hot springs. So you stay in these cabins, you you do winter activities all day, like dog sledding and ice skating, skiing, whatever. And then at the end of the day, you go back and like soak in the hot springs and they don't have any sulfur, so they don't smell, but they're full of all these really good minerals for you. So you just like, they have like lithium and all just very relaxing. So it's good for you to just soak in this water. And then you, the food's incredible. It's just like the most remote, isolated place. There's no cell phone service, but we had, we had road tripped there and then we came through Sedona on the way back. And I think we missed you by like two or three days. Wow. Yeah. I, I've never been to any hot springs. So that sounds like really. Yeah. You should, you should check that out. But what were you guys doing? Gosh. So we drove to Austin to just check out the city and check out. How did you like it? It was cool. You know, I know some people that have moved there. I'm sure like we all, we all do. Everyone's moving there. (laughs) So yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. And then, um, went to South Texas. And then as we came back through, we stopped in Sedona at El Auberge. It's beautiful there. I'd never been. Yeah, it is really beautiful. We were just kind of passing through, but the well, my boyfriend says he's not a, a scenery person. <laughs> I'm like, how can you not love this? Like, I think every bit of it's stunning. And I'm like taking all these pictures and standing out looking at the view. He's like, yeah, I just don't think I'm really a scenery person. Funny. I wonder what, like, what does that mean? I don't know because also he's a fashion designer and he's so into details and he makes the most beautiful clothing dresses. He makes women's wear and everything is so, has so much attention to detail and it's so beautiful that I would think if anything, landscapes would be really inspiring, <laughs> but he like, does not care at all. <laughs> That's funny. I know. So he was like, okay, Sedona, got it. <laughs> Check. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, what are some things just in the past week or so that have been bright spots for you? I think for me is having more of a routine because that like enables me to have more self-care. Mm. So I started going to like a physical therapy place, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so they do kind of, you know, a workout and strengthening. And so that's like helping me just be more in, in routine. I got a, like a little ice bath that I have in my garage for like a full body plunge yeah like a Wim Hof you can do it <laughs> yeah right oh. like boyfriend like, <laughs> actually made it for me he's a he's an engineer so he like made this ice bath so I think oh that's nice I think doing this like physical therapy you know on a routine and doing the ice bath and kind of self-care stuff has been bright spot for me for sure Oh, I love that. Yeah, I've I've only ever done the circuit, steam room to cold plunge. My ex-brother-in-law, Brody's brother, we were in Spain together one time. And he, I think he's actually done some studying with Wim Hof, like at Laird Hamilton's house in Malibu. They all like did some kind of course with Wim Hof and he does the ice plunge all the time. 
But he made me do one and it wasn't even ice and it was just from a steam room into a cold plunge and I was dying. Like my whole body went numb and he's like, you have to stay in for a minute. And it was crazy. It hurts. But then once you get out, it just feel really warm. It's, it's kind of a strange. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be really, really good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be good for like a lot of autoimmune stuff and a lot of your genitive stuff for your body. So. Yeah. Have you ever heard of We Care no. in the desert? Okay. So in Desert Hot Springs, sorry, now I'm just like giving you everything. I these things. I need to go. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like also it's good that because even listeners probably will, will want to know about this stuff. There's this place called We Care. This is my favorite thing to tell everyone about who's looking for any kind of just like a cleanser, a detox, but also just rejuvenating. I think it's really, they're really informative about health. And like, I've learned so much going there over the years. It's in Desert Hot Springs. It's not fancy, but it's like just really effective. And you actually do a cleanse while you're there, but you can do it as a weight loss cleanse if you want. I have never wanted to lose weight when I'm there. So I like incorporate protein shakes into my cleanse, but they do colonics also. And just basically clean out your whole system. But at the same time, you do all of these different spa treatments that aid in the detoxification. And it's like just extremely relaxing. And they teach courses the whole time you're there cooking. They do yoga every morning. They do all kinds of like nutrition courses. And it's all just designed to get your body functioning in the best way possible. Because like you were talking about at the beginning, when you have toxins in your body or things that your body is having to fight off, it doesn't get to spend that energy on other things that are going on in your body. So that the concept there is not to diet, but to just give your body a rest from having to process food so that it can fight other bad things like whatever sickness is. If you've got bacteria, for some people it's cancer, whatever the case is, it has the opportunity to focus on repairing all of that other stuff. And the reason this came to mind was because I was going to say one of the things I love to do as a ritual that I learned there is dry brushing. So I will dry brush and then put Epsom salts in a bath and soak in the bath and like absorb all the magnesium, which is really calming. And that's one of my favorite rituals. I have the And you can brush. just do that at home. Yeah, it's so easy. Just get some Epsom salts and throw them in the bath after. I used to do that every single night before bed and I never slept better in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like I, I would do it before bed, like the bath and the dry brush and the salt. Yeah, it's so nice. What is a way that you like to celebrate success? I don't know. Order something that I like, something, uh, <laughs> cakes or something and like hang out with my dog, I guess. Just treat yourself in some way. Yeah. I'm kind of a uh, introverted, so I don't, I'm not really like a celebrate with a party type of person. <laughs> I'm actually the same way. It's hard for me to want to be social if I like, am not going to have a drink and I don't really like to drink that much. So, <laughs> so it's kind of a weird thing, but. I feel like we've talked a lot about some of the things you've, a lot of the challenges that you've overcome lately, but is there any moment in particular that you felt like a really dark place in your life for a moment, but ultimately you feel was beneficial or had a, had a positive outcome? You know, the time at the mansion, definitely, you know, I learned a lot from that. And then this like most recent surgery that I had, you know, my blood dropped almost to nothing and I had to have a blood transfusion and a and I'm just like, the universe is sending me this lesson. Like I need, like I'm 34. I'm like preaching, like we're fine in our natural bodies. We need to like be fine with our bodies. But yeah, I'm still learning that that lesson. So I think that was it for me. I mean, I'm so, thank God you're okay and getting better. I'm so glad you're getting better. Cause that's, that's very scary. 
have you, I don't know if you've heard that expression that the universe will keep giving you these lessons until you figure it out. Like it'll keep kind of giving you these challenges until you really learn the lesson you're supposed to. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like that. (laughs) Before I let you go, I want to ask if there's anyone in your life who is either going through something challenging right now or who has really been there for you, who you'd like for everyone listening to send positive thoughts to. Yeah, I have my nephew. He's like, I've been, he's been going through a hard time, like with mental health right now. So I've been trying to help him and send resources. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard when people we love are struggling. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think I love, you know, talking to people on social media because when people are struggling, like I encourage them to reach out too, because, you know, it is nice to try and help people or like send like the extra thoughts and prayers to them. So, yeah. And I think you're doing a really good job of making it clear that you're, that you're there for people in that way. And I think that's so nice. And it seems like that's a very natural calling for you and and definitely a path that I think seems like you should pursue. So I'm really happy that you found that. Thank you. It's been so nice catching up and I would love to catch up more (laughs) off the podcast and actually be able to like get together and hang and, but it's so nice doing this. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. That sounds good. Bye. Bye. The Bright Side is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. Our theme music is by Maddie Noise. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Caitlin, K A I T L Y N N, or email the show at thebrightside with KC at gmail.com. Have a happy day. Oh, I never wanna leave. I need you like I need some.